When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, not a common thread, just uh, each one's different, you know. Um, so you just take each one as they as they were and, uh, and um, you know, try to improve and get better. Kirk, what like on that first when Justin came over to you and kind of talked to you on the sideline about it was... Yeah, I was just hoping he was going to come flat there, and and uh, and so that was uh, really what happened. God, people are going to kill me for this. Uh-oh. I hated that answer. I hated that answer. He's talking about the the interception where he tried to find Justin Jefferson First toward one. the end zone. Yep. Yep. Darius Slay, I think, picked that one off, uh-huh. and. Uh, yeah, and, and everyone, including Justin Jefferson, everyone, it was Justin Jefferson's fault. 100% Justin Jefferson's fault. He, Trey Aikman did, Trey Aikman was on his A game last night, yeah, man. Was, just man. like criticizing yeah. where it was warranted, praising, showing everything. It was, and, and maybe they've got a different production team. I think the, the, the production team is good on Fox, but I think they, this might be a little bit more of a, you know, I don't know, a beefed up production team. But he should have come across the front of Darius Slay. But like, I just feel like a. I know people are going to hammer me for this. Don't say that to the media and the public. If you're just own it, just say, listen, we have to be better. I I can't throw interceptions, even if you know it. Why are you doing that at the podium? Because that's who Uh, he is. That that ain't changing. That ain't changing. Like, like we can argue and rebel. I mean, we've had these conversations for years now because of that. I know. Anyhow, all right, this is this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment and Therapy this week. And last night, if you missed Vikings Vantline, you can find it on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and on the Purple Daily podcast feed. It was uh, close to two hours of, of therapy, free of charge, by the way. Um, you know, I think I think going forward, we might have to might have to work something out and make people start paying for these extended therapy sessions if they're going to keep playing like that. But uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL bring you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. And, uh, you know, you can celebrate with a Surly. You can also uh, you can also cope with a Surly, Judd. What never That's lets you down? What never, boys, what never lets you down, even when the purple does? What can, What is your go-to thing that will make any loss easier to swallow what is it certainly bring 
Thank you very much. Show us your cans. Thank okay. You. Yeah, the, Thank you That was much. a rhetorical question. No, yeah. no, no. No, no. It's, no, no. Yeah, it's okay. a very honest question. And now. I don't know there was audience participation. And, I apologize. And before I die, now before I die, we got a ton of of those. And thank you, folks. They've been tweeting pictures. Declan tweeted one. It's great. But you know what last night was? There's no question about it. And so this is because Surly has a beer for every occasion. Last night was a furious night. So if you weren't sipping on a furious, what were you doing? Because if you weren't furious, you're not a Vikings fan. That's why Surly will never let you down, even while the team's in town. Um, disappoint you, slap you because you think, oh, my God, it's going to be great. Surly Brewing, always there for you. Brewed locally, of course, as well. A Minnesota treasure. All right. Let's start with Judd here. What is your hottest, strongest take off last night's game now that you've had one night's sleep to process it? Uh, my hottest, strongest take is this. There are, There's a ton of things, but this is my strongest one because it's the most important, probably. Kirk Cousins ain't changing. Kirk Cousins isn't going to change. And by the way, I've been, I've been curious to see if he would, but I've been saying for a long time he is not a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And Kevin O'Connell basically is basing the first part of his tenure here on the fact that he could change Kirk. And you know what? Boys, look at the blueprints against the Packers. Injured, at home, everything went to script. Everything went perfect. And what happened? Kirk thrives, absolutely thrives. And you're like, bravo, Kirk. Maybe it's changing. Last night, and we talked about this too. So so there was foreshadowing on Purple Daily about this, which is when things start to go wrong now with O'Connell as his coach, what happens with Kirk? Because he's going to be asked, and he was last night, to throw passes that might get picked off. And they did, three times. Does Kirk throw a pick and say, okay, too bad, back to work? Or does he get affected? Because that's how he always has been. And what we saw last night, and look, the guy is mid-30s. This is not a surprise. I'm not breaking news here. But it's my strongest take. We have to deal, and most importantly, Kevin O'Connell has to deal with the reality that Kirk Cousins, when adversity hits is not going to change. He can't process it. It's not his makeup. If things are going well, he is marvelously talented. If things aren't, he, much like the rest of his team last night, crawls in their cocoon and says, oh, no, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Kirk Cousins ain't changing. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I think I, before I give you my hottest, strongest take, I want to keep going down this path with you because my... One of my biggest takeaways was that when things are snowballing in a game, and we have enough evidence here over the course of not only four-plus years with the Vikings, but even going back to Washington, when things are snowballing in a game and you're getting punched in the mouth, Kirk Cousins is generally the opposite of a calming presence. Mm -hmm. When, holy cow, oh my God, we're on the road. It's tough. We're playing a really good team. They took a lead on us. The crowd's going nuts. Maybe we've turned the ball over. And... We need someone to just, hey guys, it's all good. It's all good. Look at this. We're gonna just we're gonna come back, we're gonna score three touchdowns in the second half, and we're gonna be fine. Guys, come on. Let's be fine. And instead you get you just get this sort of teeth clenching, you know, he's got the put the hands on the helmet holes. Like it's just like this he goes into this sort of robotic teeth clenching mode. Yes. And like last night was one of those games too where the loss isn't necessarily his fault the cousins crusaders trip over themselves every time the vikings lose to well it's not his fault yep 
And there and, and that's true. Like last night, although I could probably find some the, the door was wide open to be kicked last night in the second half and instead of just brushing off the first half, Cousins just was seeing oh, ghosts got, and everything. But worse. Yep. Yeah. Uh but so so like if you had a and Judd will have a pie chart here shortly. If you had a pie chart, it's not he's not a hundred percent. It's not his fault that they lost. But he's not special enough to rise up in most of those games and be the reason why you dig out from it and come back, right? Hell, Tua did it against the Ravens on the road yep. yesterday. Yeah, but and it helps when you're scheming jailbreak routes and you know Tyreek Hill is just wide open. And I, I get that some of that wasn't happening last night, but you know that game was within reach all night, and the Vikings just needed someone, the leader of the team, to say, "Hey, deep breath." All right, deep breath. This is a boxing match. We got knocked down in the first round, and we got smacked around in the second round. Yep. But our opponent's getting a little tired over there, and this is a 12-round fight. We're fine. Let's get him in the seventh round. Get him in the eighth round. And it's like once the first, second-round barrage happened, Mm -hmm. that was it. There was no coming back from it. And that has been one of my biggest critiques of Kirk for his entire duration, and it came to fruition again last night. And what drove you crazy about Kirk and the entire team last night is in the second half, Philadelphia was taking penalties, turning the ball over. They did not play they well. Guess. They gave you chances. But but here's what I love. I'm going to find a silver lining in Kirk's failure because it's very important that Kevin O'Connell and the new Vikings regime learns very quickly what he can and can't do because a decision has to be made. A decision has to be made on the most important position in sports. And this is last night. The Vikings, all excuses are done tour, visited Philadelphia. And here's what I love about the second half regarding Kirk. First of all, the offensive line. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. This offensive line, this whole offense is designed for Kirk. So if they fail, guess what? That's the best that these guys can do for Kirk. Because the only important question here is can Kirk succeed? It's not excuses for Kirk. Well, I mean, the offensive line didn't play well, so I don't care. This offensive, the offensive line, line was not it was not that bad last night. And it was also put together by people who are looking out for Kirk. So this is not the Zimmer screwed him and Spielman didn't care. The other thing is, and this might have been the key play, because it again challenged and it shows you exactly what the mentality is. Uh, 21-7 Philadelphia, late second quarter, uh, Cousins drops a beautiful pass into Irv Smith's hands and he somehow drops the ball. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called beautiful adversity. It's what you want. Sports is adversity. I tweeted this last night. Sports is designed to have tons of failure to see when you can succeed. And how you succeed doesn't matter. It can be a gorgeous pass. It can be a tip pass. Don't really care. You're trying to win games, right? That The failure of that play should have been, in my opinion, the place where the quarterback takes the game and is like, oh, hell yeah, look at that pass. You dropped it. That's cool. Here we come. But it's there. It's, it's, adver- it's all there. Everything yeah. everything about O'Connell and Cousins and what this team is doing is looking at adversity and supposedly doing what Zimmer couldn't, which is, screw you, we're going to win. And we are not only going to win, but we are going to do it because we're so damn mentally tough that we are not going to drop the ball again. We're going to do this and that. And they failed miserably there. And that starts largely with Kirk. Great pass, but dude, you know what? You got to do it again and again and again. And instead, he threw three picks. Yeah, I think one more thing on this, and then and then I'll give you my my biggest takeaway, my strongest take off last night's game. But you know, back in January, we've referenced this how many hundreds of times on the show. Kevin O'Connell being asked, "Hey, what's the biggest thing you need to see from Kirk?" or whatever the phrasing of the question was, and he said, "It's my job to get Kirk to play with a quiet mind." 
in moments of football crisis, he's referring to. When there's pressure, when you're trailing, when they know you have to pass, these standards. It's not we need to eliminate all hardships. You can't do that. You're going to play road games. You're going to play great defenses. You're going to play teams that jump out in front of you, right? In those moments of football crisis, how can I get the most important player to play with a more quiet mind? And last night was a failure of the first test. You still got a bunch of games to go. I still think this team wins a bunch of games this year. Mm -hmm. But last night was the first, okay, it's quiet mind time. And I don't know that we've ever seen his mind be louder and more chattery than it was especially in the second half of that game when the door was open. And last night, in my opinion, was also a great test of what you face in really tough games. So, like, if you win a home game against a bad team, okay, that's great. Injured team. You should win that game. But the fact is, can you, because we're talking about playoff success here, right? Can you go on the road and win? And last night, that's the type of game. You have to overcome anything that happens and Philadelphia opened the door and you basically said we're good. All right, my 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 hottest take. I think the Vikings linebackers might be cooked. Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks, and I'm looking at PFF grades here too. I test was a train wreck last night. Just slow to get to spots, slow to cover, uh slow to corral Jalen Hurts, which they wouldn't be the first set of linebackers to have problems with that, but and then you pull open the PFF grades, and two of the worst graded players were Hicks and Kendricks. These are linebackers in their 30s. And this is a scheme that requires speed and guys roaming around. And, again, it's the second game, and I, I do need to see some more here. But, boy, those guys just looked. They looked their, they look like they've been leading the league in tackles the last couple seasons combined, right? Just taking a bunch of hits, yep. wear and tear. Yep. Those are two of the most high-usage, better linebackers in the league the last five or six years. And I don't know. I've been sounding the alarm on age for for that position for the entire offseason. And last night just felt like, woo, you, you were watching a couple of guys that could not keep up with what Philadelphia was doing. Patrick Peterson, too. He got turned around a couple times early in the first half. He had that really nice. He uh, blocked the field goal, right? Right. But yeah. But um, some guys looking their age out there. That Vikings defense did not look young, spry, and fast to the football. Are you going to put those two linebackers in particular out there against the Dolphins? Oh man! I mean, the Dolphins run a track meet. Yep, that's a fast team. They the were, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah. like like is that get like what what would make you think based on what we saw from Philadelphia that Hicks and Kendricks would work against Tua and the Dolphins? Yeah, it's it, they look they look old and slow, man. They look they look like they are simmering on the uh, on the fryer right now. Maybe maybe they're cooked, but they're de- they're definitely <laughs> they're definitely in the air fryer. I love it. So that's my. And, and I will say the Vikings defense, and some of it was maybe Philadelphia just kind of shutting her down a little bit in the second half. They only allowed like 100 yards and no points in the second half. So credit to them for finding some solution after getting boat raced in the first 30 minutes of action. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, was, that was rough to overcome. Dex? All right, my hottest and strongest take after last night's loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. My hottest take is what the F was that? What the F was that? Let's start with Kirk here, okay? 46 dropbacks, three trips to the red zone, three interceptions, miscommunication, missed opportunities, happy feet, 
teeth clenching, melting down on primetime. I, I know the defense stunk 480 yards, almost 500 yards allowed, but they also rebounded a little bit. They allowed no points in the second half. And Kirk Cousins, you have permission to make up for that. Yes, your defense didn't deliver for you in the first half. The second half, there was multiple trips on the plus side of the field, and you forced balls to players that were picked off. And I know Justin Jefferson burned him on the first play. The play before then, he was wide open. And Aikman's pointing all of this out that, hey, what, what, I don't know why Kirk is missing Jefferson underneath here. I don't know why he's forcing a screen pass. Philadelphia sniffed out like five screen passes yesterday, and Kirk still was forcing it and forcing the issue over there. You have permission to make up for the bad things around you. That's not illegal. That's that, that's not like not allowed if you want to do that. Four three and outs, six of the ten drives resulted in three plays or less. You have the right to come back, and you melted down. What the F was that from Kirk Cousins? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> It was just, he did this He did this a couple times in 2020, early. he Last year, he didn't really have a game like this, I don't think. Maybe, was there one early? Last year, he played largely train wreck free football, to his credit. Yeah, I'm trying but to this, think. But this, this, man, this game brought me back to that Niners playoff game where, yep. all right, it's a road, it's a raucous atmosphere, the opposing team has you know great defense running game and so you're getting punched in the mouth and you're just kind of looking for someone to say it's everything's going to be okay and he's just not that guy man this he brought me back a little guy. bit more so I think to 2018 when when he was being asked to run a really efficient high octane at times offense and it went sideways and Last night, no. actually, as far as, and I think this was 18, if I'm not mistaken, last night reminded me of the Monday night game in Seattle where Kirk threw backwards, <laughs> where he just gets so flustered. He gets so flustered and out of sorts that he just sort of loses his mind. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot it's, here. Uh, like he's being, he's being asked to do a lot, but he should be. That's very fair. Well, let's get let's get into Judd's pie chart of blame here in a in a moment. Knows how you feel about pie. And this pie chart of blame, you know, if you, we're looking for pick me ups here today, right? So let's 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 start with people on underdog still had a good. I mean, I, I, Declan had a bad weekend. Bad week for Dex tweets on underdog fantasy, dude. Some guy sent us a note that he won like nine hundred dollars on underdog. I yeah. don't know if, if he sent it just to me or you guys, but. At least Max here, I'll, I'll fill this up on the YouTube channel. He had a pretty good week and, and pretty good night yesterday. So so he had the insurance mode on. And even though KJ Osborne didn't hit his higher of, of 33 and a half receiving yards, he still gets a pretty solid payday of, uh, of, of about over 100 bucks there on Underdog Fantasy. That's the best part because there's nothing worse than a leg falling short in your parlay. But Underdog Fantasy still grants you the option of getting a payout if you toggle that insurance mode on. Yeah, rough week for Dex Tweets and Judd Zolgad. No, uh, uh, I followed your lead. Thanks, I, sports I, son. I, I, I had this new, and actually, I'm going to keep doing this in Underdog. Is I'm just going to pick, I'm going to bring back kind of the quarterback cesspool that Mackie and Judd used to do on the old radio show and just pick a bunch of players to throw interceptions. And now I picked all the wrong guys to throw interceptions Thanks. last Sunday. Uh, but you know what? That's the fun. That's the cost of doing business. Join Underdog Fantasy with promo code SCORE. S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. We do weekly fantasy leagues, too, for the noon slate uh, or the afternoon slate of games on Sundays. Join Underdog Fantasy and the Underdog Fantasy app. You know what keeps me calm after a devastating Vikings loss? What's that? Chill, boys. 
Bamboo fabric. Oh, yeah, they're on right The now. most comfortable boxer briefs I've worn in my entire life. I'm getting excited for long underwear season, oh, which oh, yeah. starts usually in, like, early to mid-October and lasts all the way through April. It's like a six-month long underwear season. So uh, are you guys rocking your chill boys today? Always. Most definitely. Always. I don't wear anything else. So comfortable. Well, I mean, I have clothes on, but I, I don't wear anything. Don't, you don't wear anything else. Yeah. Don't stand up. Chill boys and tube socks. Maybe nope. some suspenders. It's a great look. They got hooded sweatshirts now, too. Socks. They got uh, they got T-shirts. It's all made from the most comfortable fabric. They care about one thing, your comfort at Chill Boys. It's a Minnesota-based company. You can find them online at chillboys.com. Chillboys.com. And a shout-out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They have been helping businesses maximize their level of success for over 100 years. It's like having a great offensive line protecting your quarterback, giving you, the quarterback, the business owner, the ability to scan the field with a quiet mind and grow your business. <laughs> Federatedinsurance.com if you want to find a full list of industries Federated protects uh, and if you want to find your marketing rep. All right, Judd, it's time for your pie chart of blame here. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, pie chart of blame two. Phil, you you, you took the fun one, of course, last week because it was a victory against the Packers, so it was a pie chart of praise. This is one of blame. <laughs> I'm just going to start at the top here and work my way down because... It's not like it's not like the suspense in this case would be a good thing. So let's just rip the band-aid off. High chart of blame. Vikings now one and one. Fifty percent goes to Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff. They were the Vikings were not prepared from a game plan standpoint. They weren't prepared from a mental standpoint. I would say this to Kevin. What is it that you'd say you do here for the past week? Because your team was not prepared, and, and he owned it, but okay, that's great. First of all, you could do that once or twice. But most importantly, my, my question— You owned it last week after a win, too. He was like, I need to be better. And my question—yeah, yeah, and that scares me a little bit. But anyway, my question is this. Um, what did you learn? Like, like, where did things—as you go through how you prepared for a tough road game— what did you learn from what clearly didn't go right? And why weren't why was your defense ill prepared? What was Ed Donatel exactly doing? Because it certainly was not coming up with, with a game plan. You're gonna play Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a mobile, you know, showed himself against Detroit to, to be an improved quarterback. There are concerns there. There are definite concerns there that are very different concerns than you faced with Packers team that had both its tackles out on the offensive line. And although he was at one time, Aaron Rodgers is not now a mobile quarterback. Ed Donatel's game plan seemed to be hope. It didn't seem to really be much at all. Um, they were kind of daring Jalen Hurts. Hey, we're going to we're going to take away big plays. We don't think you can lead 12 play, 14 play yeah. drives without making mistakes. Yeah. That that seemed to be the plan, but they right? also yeah, but they also didn't take him away as far as the potential for scrambling went, which was a problem as well. O'Connell's uh, game plan offensively was not great. Uh, the use of Jefferson surprised me. Plenty of targets, but I guess my question is this: Where were the downfield shots there? Like they seem to be trying to go not not checkdowns, but they seem to be going intermediate with Jefferson at times where it's like, you got to just go take some shots as well. 
Thielen disappeared, and then he came back in. Just a lot of weird things. So 50% of my pie chart of blame goes to a new coaching staff, or at least a new head coach in Kevin O'Connell, and a team that, in my opinion, from the moment that they took the field on Monday, was not prepared to play a game that I think we all agreed was very important. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a that's a large chunk of pie. But they deserve it to take away from the players. But Kevin O'Connell kind of validated it by, and who knows if he's just covering for guys who made a bunch of mistakes. I think he's the type of guy that's feel, he's confident enough in himself, and he seems like a good enough leader and communicator that he would just fall on a, a bullet, fall on a bullet. He'd fall, fall on a grenade. Sword. He falls take on a, a sword. bullet. Get, yeah, fall yeah, on a sword. Yep. Take a grenade. I guess you could fall on a bullet. You could take like, a bullet. Take a bullet. That's nothing would happen. Take a bullet. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> either way, I think he's comfortable enough doing that so that he can protect the players who screwed up publicly yeah. and then behind the scenes go through the film and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know how much of that after the game was him actually feeling bad about not doing a good job or him protecting players that didn't execute well enough. But he and his staff did a terrible job. So, so like, privately, they have to own that and examine themselves first because they're still new. So, so like, there, there's a lot of things here. We, we do not know. Kevin seems like a good guy, and he talks a great game. But we don't know a, a lot there yet, and he doesn't have the credibility yet to like say, well, it's the player's fault as well. Yes, they are to blame, but that game plan stunk. 50%. So, so 50% Own it. Own it. coaching, right? Okay. 20% goes to the, because I'm not because it's too big of a list to n- name names, actually, goes to the first half defense, which, <laughs> which gave up. 347 yards, 18 first downs. Um, as Phil said before, Kendricks, Hicks, Harrison Smith looked old, I thought. They looked slow. Um, the defense, the fact that the defense shut out the Eagles in the second half it is a little bit hollow to me because they looked so bad. The Cam Bynum play was absolutely atrocious. The whole defense is based on not allowing that one play, and he gets sucked up by a tight end? A tight end who, you know, if he catches that ball, it's going to get 20 yards. And instead you give up a 53-yard touchdown because you, what, didn't know? Like, your whole job is to, the whole the whole Aikman, they're in a shell, they're in a shell. Is to be in a shell. Just to not allow that play. Yeah. yeah. It's like and all of a sudden he's going to bite on the tight end. Dude, yeah. you're a starter in the National Football League. Be smarter. Harrison yeah, Smith on on the uh, Hurts, I think it was 24-yard touchdown run, got turned around, got shoved down the entire field by the tight end, and never turned around until it was way late. And then Bynum comes in and tries to strip the ball. It's like, no, make the tackle. Just a really stupid defensive game. Poorly coached, but also the la- the lack of fundamental execution, which we saw really good against the Packers, was not there. That was bad. Yeah. And and well, I, I agree. I agree. It was it was just a really tough barrage to to come back from after just like 370 first half yards or whatever. But I keep going back to this. At the end of the day, if if I would have told you before the game, door number one is the Eagles will score 24 points. Door number two, you can take your chances. I think all of us would have taken door number one, even even knowing how it played out and just how atrocious the Vikings looked on defense in the first half. They were still in the game with yeah. a chance. I think if if you throw the hypothetical of hey, twenty four points allowed, what's what's the outcome? I still that's probably still a coin flip. 
that you win that game. I don't think it's it's a lock that you that you'd win, but you you should be expected to win the game still, right? Like it's it's the percentage wise probably that's a 50-50 yeah. ball, but you should still have the good good amount of chance with that offense to win. 350 yards and 18 first downs against in one half. And by the way, stop the damn run a little bit. Like, I'm not expecting you to be great against it, but don't sieve against the run like you are now, too. And uh, don't take the under on Jalen Hurts' fantasy points on underdog fantasy because that uh, was off the board by, I think, midway through the second quarter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Touche. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what was that? 15, 15 or 20? 20. What was that? 20%. 20. So okay. so 70% between the coaching staff and just the defense is accounted for. Okay. Right. 20% goes to the failure of the second half. Kirk Cousins. 20% goes to Kirk. This is a story and 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 um Cousins Crusaders, calm down. Joe Spinoza, calm down. Everybody calm down. This is a story of two halves of failure. The first half, the defense. Now, the offense wasn't great. I'm not absolving them. But the defense failed you miserably in the first two quarters. Inexcusable. Absolute crap. The second half, the Eagles did everything they could to let you back in that game. They were bagging you. They took penalties galore. I think they took eight. Um, There there was the tip ball on a weird screen pass deep in their territory that Hicks picked. Just a lot of things where they were basically saying, hey, baby, this is the National Football League Week 2. Get back in this game, just like just like the Dolphins did or the Jets did. Like, it's going to be close. And everyone's like, yeah, it's going to be close. And the Vikings were awful, and Kirk Cousins was inexcusably bad because he melted again. Uh, three picks. Okay, if you take the Jefferson pick off him, that's fine. But nonetheless, let me give you the starting point of the three picks, okay? So where the mm-hmm. Vikings, or I'm, I'm sorry, where they got to, because this is important. Pick mm-hmm. one, we could put that on JJ, but that pass was thrown from the Eagles' 19-yard line. Pick two, which is after the the Patrick Peterson block, Chris Boyd return, and now it's go time, right? Like that's a tremendous break. You get to the 27. And then you somehow airmail the ball to Thielen when Jefferson is open as well right to your left. That's your fault. That's a terrible pick. And again, it's within points range. You are seven yards from the red zone. And pick three is the one where, yes, there's an all-out blitz, but in positive Cousins-like fashion, he basically lobs the ball up for Jefferson, and it's picked by Slay. That's at the nine-yard line, you guys. No. So this, let's let's talk about the second one for a second. I did I posted the video on my Twitter account. If you guys want to go back and, and watch it, the audience just at Phil Mackey. So there were two routes being run out to the left side of the of the hash mark. So it was Jefferson running in underneath and out underneath, and then Thielen. I don't know ten yards past Jefferson. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Running another out. And there was, so there were defenders over the top by Thielen, but then there was a defender who ultimately made the interception between the two wide receivers. And it was a great bait job. So it was, it was a great defensive job by the cornerback. Sure. Cause he was kind of playing, he was, he was playing the Jefferson route, but then he kind of like, he kind of crept up, took a step toward Jefferson, and, and, and you can't see in the clip when, the ball is thrown, 
But he it's like he steps up to bait Kirk into throwing over his head to Thielen, and immediately as the ball is being released, he backs up right into the into the you know the lane of where the ball is going. Mm-hmm. But I you know if he would have thrown the underneath to Jefferson, does that ball get contested? Maybe because the cornerback closes the gap, but that ball can't go to Thielen. Like that's my issue with the play is that either go, it either has to go to Jefferson underneath and if you have to throw it a little bit to the left to like lead him away from the defender do it or you move off of it and it's like he locks into these things and he or he doesn't see. there was the, the the play that Aikman highlighted early in the game where Jefferson is wide open off to the right but they had like a bubble screen action to the left it was kind of like the, it was like a checkdown option and Aikman's like I don't know what he's seeing over here I I don't. I don't know why he's not just throwing to wide open Jefferson. So I don't, it's hard to get inside of Kirk's mind. What do you see on some of these? What are you, is your mind racing that much? You've been in the league for 10 years, man. What are you, what are you doing on some of these plays? And what's weird about that too is, is he doing what he was told in the headset to do and he's defiant. So he's going to do it. But supposedly there's two plays for each play. So like that can't be totally true. Like I would, I would love to know exactly. I think there's times where he makes plays out of defiance of this is what you said would work, coach. And again, I work here, so if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. That's how it feels. He lofted the ball. Brock knows how you feel about pie. The third pick from the nine, he lofted the ball under heavy pressure and duress into the front corner of the end zone. If you're going to yeah. loft that ball, it's got to go to the back corner because hopefully then it just falls incomplete if it's not caught. That was a that was one of those, hey, interceptions don't matter anymore, so we're all okay with interceptions here because you're trying to come back from down three scores. And it was a 50-50 ball to Justin Jefferson, right? So I'm, I'm okay with, like, the level of risk. I'm okay yeah. with the 50-50 ball to Justin Jefferson. But he just – I think he made kind of a, a back foot fadeaway and he just floated it. But you're right. Like, that ball has to go – so to only where Justin Jefferson can, it's, it, you know, it's some, sometimes the pressure is legitimate where he is throwing off his back foot because guys are in his face, and other times he's just not planting, like Kurt, like Kurt Warner pointed out in uh, in the video breakdown from two weeks ago. Yeah, you're right. I bet you there's some some great examples that fall right in line with what Kurt Warner was complaining about, saying, "Dude, you could be elite if you just just there's going to be pressure. You should welcome it, plant and throw. It's okay." And uh, it's I guess all right, we'll. Kirk. we'll We'll try again. It wasn't going to be an overnight fix. We'll nope. we'll try it again next Rock week. Knows all right. How you feel about pie? So that is at now ninety percent of the pie. So there's ten percent left, and I have two pieces. Eight um, percent goes to Irv Smith. I know you kind of touched on pass, but dude, you dropped a pass that you absolutely yeah. positively need to catch. And here's the other thing, Irv. I've been singing your praises despite the fact that you've been hurt consistently. I have been talking up and down about the fact that you are like a hybrid wide receiver, that you're going to be a difference maker, that you're going to do this and that, and you are such a dangerous element to the offense, and that's your game. Uh, Two third down passes that were contested by linebackers, which, by the way, in my world, is exactly who he should beat. Because he's a tight end who I keep saying what? Looks like a wide receiver, right? So the two contested passes, he's got to catch one of those. And I know it's a tough catch, but I don't care. The drop pass, inexcusable. So I don't care that you caught passes. I don't care that you caught a touchdown pass. You get 8% of the pie because you made me feel stupid. Irv Smith, (laughs) 8%. Yeah, man. 
Now that was, uh, and it, he actually was fairly impactful. He did have a touchdown and caught yeah. five passes or whatever. Just don't care. That was a just a game, especially with how fragile this team can be. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you need you you needed that to be mm-hmm. a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, the Rock right. knows how you feel about pie. Two percent left. Okay, we're gonna praise this guy up and down when he plays great. So so when he runs the wrong route or when he does something that costs his team, he's taking blame in my world. Two percent. Justin Jefferson. That's fair. Um, fair. You can't run the wrong route there. And and it was very clear, like it or not from Kirk, it's very clear from the time Aikman began to break that play down uh, through what everyone else said that he, I don't know, I don't know why he wouldn't have, have tried to get in front of Slay and cross his face, but he definitely did not. But coming off the game and the praise that he rightfully deserved against the Packers, I need more there. Um, And I don't, I don't, Justin Jefferson's not why the team lost, but he is a, by definition, difference maker. And last night, he made virtually no difference. 2%. So there it is. Judd's pie chart to blame 50% to KOC and the coaches, 20% to the first half embarrassing defensive performance, 20% to Kirk Cousins for not kicking the door open in the second half, Irv Smith, 8% for dropping a huge touchdown pass, and Justin Jefferson, Two percent, um, Declan. Do you take any issues with Judd's pie chart? Would you have sliced this differently? I don't think I'd take too much issues. There is a lot on the coaching staff, but when you really break it down, like they had no answers, and and they went into that game prepared with the game plan that backfired on them. They 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 yeah. had their cornerbacks completely off the ball. They were allowing Jalen Hurts to scramble all around. Um, you know, Mike Zimmer kind of got burned by by similar QBs during his time as, as DC, and they had no answers to slow down Jalen Hurts. They made absolutely no adjustments, basically on defense. It, it does it, it falls on coaching. This is that first taste of adversity that they have to now now face after a loss. Yeah, I think you did a pretty good job here. You know, I think there might be a little offensive line. The offensive line, according to PFF, allowed pressure on like thirty five percent of dropbacks, which is pretty much league average. So it wasn't he was he was facing some pressure, but there were there were quite a few clean pockets, quite a few. Not there was enough clean, and they yes. actually did a good job too. Of, I agree. I thought schematically early in the game, offensively, the Vikings did a good job of just moving the pocket and getting Kirk Kirk out and rolling out a couple times. Yep. And, and they moved the ball that way, but um, yeah, I think I think you did a pretty good job here, Judge. Well, thank nice you very match. much. The Rock knows how you High feel chart. about pie. Pie chart of blame. Uh, we will get to silver linings here in a moment when the Vikings win. We do nitpicks when they lose. We bring it back. We're always balanced on this show, and we do uh, silver linings. A shout-out to our friends at Livia who have helped Judd shed 40 pounds in a yep. year and keep it off. Exactly. And and you, I've been talking now for a couple weeks about their eight, eight weeks, the first eight weeks free, but I have breaking news as well. Starting today, it's not only that. So, yes, the first eight weeks are still free. But it is the new Flex program that lets you enjoy the foods that you love, fruit, pasta, and bread, and with in-person or virtual visit options, state-of-the-art equipment to measure your body composition and Olivia app to track your progress. You will see results fast. Dawn's dropped 16 pounds. I'm down 40, as Phil just said, keeping that weight off as well. Chris Ron, our friend, he is down uh, 10 plus pounds now. This works, and the new Flex program offers you new options. 855 go L I V E A, Livia.com, L I V E A.com, and ask them about the new Flex program and the opportunity eight weeks for free. 
Uh, Declan, it looked to me like some of those Vikings defensive players were thinking about their next golf outing in the first oh. half. Oh, just like maybe, maybe snap back into it mentally, guys. Yeah, I might want to uh, hit hit the hit the course here, and I, I'd go to Meadows at Mystic Lake. And if if uh, you know if 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 Detroit Lions players, Man Campbell, when he comes here, he wants to hit the links. I, I I recommend the Meadows at Mystic Lake. You can book that tee time. Golfthemeadows.com to learn more. We got some legitimate fall golf weather here uh, coming up this weekend here in the yes. Twin Cities. It's like ninety degrees here today, but this weekend's supposed to be like mid to, mid to low sixties. It's going to be perfect. Golf weather, maybe a little PJ Fleck quarter zip you're rocking there. Whatever it is, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. Book your tee time now, golfthemeadows.com. All right, boys, let's go around the room here. I'll start with a, with a silver lining off last night. I think at the end of the year, you're going to look at the schedule. A game, by the way, in which two-thirds of the show, Judd and I said, yeah, they're, they're probably going to lose at Philadelphia week two. I think at the end of the year, you're going to look back and say, well, that loss at Philadelphia, definitely not a crime. Philadelphia is a very good team. They have great cornerbacks. They have a dynamic quarterback. They have more weapons now that they traded for A.J. Brown. So um, I don't think I don't think losing at Philadelphia is a crime. And now they have a chance. Now, if they follow it up with a loss to Detroit and then they get beat by the Bears or something after the Saints game, I mean, how do you respond to this is the question. But, you know, they could still start five and two, you know, four and three or something coming out of the bye week. So I, I just don't. This wasn't like when you looked at the schedule, this wasn't one of those games where you said, oh, that should be a win. In fact, I actually had them starting 0 and 2 in my first iterations of picking the schedule. So to get out of these first two weeks, Packers and Eagles on the road, Monday Night Football, one and one, I think you're going to take it. I think you're going to take it. And now go go and, and look like an actual right. competent football team in your next game against the Lions yes. and uh, and put this taste back where it belongs. Yes. That's my biggest silver lining. Okay, playing off that, I, I will flash back to the 2017 season in which the Vikings went 13-3. and three. Sam Bradford and the Vikings won week one at home, a 10-point win against the the Saints in an impressive performance. Bradford then goes out, turns out basically for the rest of that year. The Vikings then go, not to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but Pittsburgh, and they lose in week two to the Steelers by 17 before winning nine of their next 10. All I'm saying is if you're looking for a ray of hope, a positivity here, um, that Pittsburgh game looked really bad in week two of 2017. And a lot of us were like, oh boy, Case Keenum starting. This is going to be a problem now. Like they are going to go downhill fast, miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Bradford's hurt. They are fundamentally screwed. Well, guess what? They came back from, from again, a 17 point loss against the Steelers and won nine of 10. So if you're trying to find a ray of hope here, it is possible to take a, a week two trouncing if you handle it right and bounce back stronger than you were before. Yeah, these these types of games happen all the time in the NFL. I mean, the Packers are a great example of the last two years, just getting smoked in their first game of the season last year and this year. And then they bounce back and they win 13. I'm not saying this team is going to win 13 games guaranteed now, but it doesn't have to mean that it's a death knell for your season. Remember, too, the, the Buffalo Bills last year, one of the best teams in the NFL. And they were they were third in offensive scoring and first in defensive scoring. So they were just they were one of the best teams in the league. They lost six games in the regular season. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and and the 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 first loss of the season was a twenty three to sixteen loss against old Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers at home in Buffalo to start the year last year. So they're you know not to exonerate the Vikings, but at the end of the day, it's a rookie head coach. You're going on the road against a team that's ascending, and there are there are worse games to lose than what happened last night. Uh, silver lining for me is, uh, you know, I, I, we all kind of laughed at Judd when he when he suggested to look out for Johnny Munt the first week of training camp. Johnny Munt might be a little bit of a player here. Might be a little bit of a player. He's been able to get on the field and actually make some throws. I think he's almost doubled his career receiving yards in two games with the Vikings up up until this point. Um, I know Herb Smith, pretty rough game. But um, if he's not going to be a factor on offense, Johnny Munt might be able to catch, you know, three to four passes a game, be at least a reliable tight end. Shout out to Judd. He was one who called out Johnny Munt, Johnny and, Munt. And, and Johnny Munt might be something that the Vikings can use. In spring practices, OTAs. OTAs. Because I saw that he knew yeah. the system. I saw that he knew yeah. the system, and you know what? He can catch. Yeah. What do you guys think, real quick, of so Thielen finally got the ball a few times late, like in the fourth quarter last yes. night, but uh, what do you make of him essentially being just not part of Kirk's target plan much the first couple weeks. Well, I think it's O'Connell's plan, and, and I think O'Connell's heart is in, in the right place, but it'll be interesting to see. So it appears to me that this is the opposite of what the Vikings did previously, which was Thielen's going to be Kirk's safety blanket for the last two years, and Jefferson's going to catch a lot of balls, but um, I think that O'Connell's plan is that Jefferson's so dynamic, they're going to get him the ball. And so Thielen didn't get get it last night, but my expectation is Thielen's going to have a monster game against Detroit on Sunday. I think he comes mm-hmm. back and has a monster game. Well, Kirk is for sure, right? Kirk, we're getting a oh, yeah, 293 touchdown. And Detroit's not good defensively. They're very fun offensively. Could be yeah, a shootout. This might it might be a shootout. There is well, the Vikings like the overall, over- what what have they scored? They've only they're averaging 15 points a game offensively, right? Let me it's only been 2 weeks, but for all the, seven all the last hoopla. night in 20, 24 against the Packers. Is that right? And they didn't. What yeah. did they score? How many points did the Vikings score in the second half last week? Six? Yeah. Six. Two field goals. Two field goals. So they've scored 13 points in oh six quarters since their first. That's not a silver lining. Half out. But, well, we're, we're, we've moved past oh, we're that. Past we went around like, okay. Yeah, we went. We I just want to make that. sure. I want to make sure that, that that we didn't. Yeah, uh, we're not like contractually obligated to remain. Well, I'll give you. Can I give you one more silver lining? Yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> okay. One of my biggest pet peeves of the previous regime was careless timeout taking. You just uh, burn a timeout with ten minutes to go in the third quarter, right? Like, oh, God, play clock's winding down. No, stop doing that. You should Bill Belichick for twenty years almost always has three timeouts left when there's five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And for the second straight game, Kevin O'Connell had preserved all three timeouts yeah. into the last ten minutes of the fourth quarter. Well now both games were largely out of reach by say, that point. Let's wait till it's but close. I appreciate the timeout discipline shown right. by Kevin O'Connell so far. You're back on board. <laughs> Silver linings, baby. I'm here for it. Um, scoring offense so far through the first two weeks. The Bills, Chiefs, and Lions all averaging 35 or 36 points a game. Eagles averaging 31. Vikings 25th with 15 points per game. Just ahead of the Chicago Bears averaging 14 and a half. Small sample size, but this Vikings offense not exactly off to a, uh, a cruising start here. 
against Detroit, I think I'm far more concerned at home about the defense than the Vikings offense in that game. Because of what Detroit's Detroit's done offensively is impressive. I think the Vikings can score points there. So I, okay. well, yeah. I'm a little bit, I'm really worried on, on a short week that that defense looked old on Monday and now it has to come back on Sunday. Uh, let me quiz you. We should make this a weekly staple too if we get the grades in on time. So the PFF grades are out. I'm just going to ask you overall offensive grades. There were 16 players who played on offense for the Vikings last night. Mm-hmm. Who was the worst? Give me the three worst and the three best graded off. Let's start with the worst. Who were the three worst graded offensive players last night? I saw this already, Jeff. Oh, so you're you on did? Your own. Okay. Um, okay. The three worst. I'm going to go... Irv Smith was one. Dalvin Cook should have been one, and probably a slappy lineman. Um, Bradbury. You got you got one out of the three so okay. far. All right. I'll give you a, give you a couple more guesses. Dalvin Cook was Dalvin Cook was the worst graded offensive. Oh, Irv Smith got a touchdown, so it fools the grading system. Um, yeah, he, yeah, which it shouldn't, which it should I'm, I'm taking it away. No, I'm taking <laughs> it away. I he, test he grading system, he's touchdown. out. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't care. Catch the damn ball on the deep route. And you, I know. And that's a second touchdown. Um, so I got one of the three. So I got Dalvin yep. Cook. That's interesting. Um, Ingram? It's two of the three. Yeah, that's going to be a problem for a while. He was, the, he was the second worst graded player. Who, who's the third one? I have no idea. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out. Kirk? Yeah. Okay. One of his worst games yeah. as a Viking. Uh, all right. Who were who are the well the three best graded players were Brian O'Neill, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, and Garrett Bradbury. Bradbury was really actually pretty good in pass protection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know, sometimes if there's like a, a jailbreak, if there's a blitz where they just have more numbers than you do, I don't know. That, like if they send six yeah. And one guy just comes through because you only have five. I don't know how they how they parse that out, but uh, yeah, Bradbury only allowed I think it was two pressures according to Pro Football Focus. Okay, defense, just overall defensive grade. Who are the three worst defensive players for the Vikings last night? Um, Cam Bynum should have been one. He was the second worst. Um. Hicks got an interception, so that might fool the grades again. Oh, it didn't no, fool the grade. No, okay, he was the worst graded, worst graded defensive player. And um, Patrick Peterson, uh, he was kind of mid pack. Okay, kind of mid pack. Got off to a rough start. Not dance. This is. I, I don't think you're going to guess this one. Okay, it's Harrison Smith. Oh, he he earned it. Yeah. The safeties were two of the three worst graded defensive he players for the Vikings. He had a bad game. Cover, horrible coverage grades for both those guys. Yep. So, woof. We should, you guys, I think we should do this every week. You Make you guys guess who the, well, who the worst can't or look. if they win, who are the yeah, best. Sorry, yeah. I mean, I, so he I, can help me no, out. We, I, think it's, I think, no, what? Declan can look because Declan has to post like social media content. So we need, we need oh, I got to look you. at PFF. What a dance look but, great uh, out of that, Phil. Cam Dan. He was the, that's the crazy thing. He got benched. He got, I know. That's why I'm, that's. He he got benched but, but, for what a Caleb Evans, if I'm not mistaken, because Andrew so the, Jr. was the, out. Yeah, the three highest graded defensive players for the Vikings were Zadarius Smith, Cam Dantzler, and a Caleb Evans. So, 
I don't know. D- Dantzler had a couple great no, open field tackles. Yes. He had he had a penalty at one point. That penalty was ticky tack, and those officials sucked. Dude. <laughs> Come on. I, I, I do have one rant on that, and it it certainly wasn't anywhere near a reason why the Vikings lost. But no. when the Vikings were down by seven and they're trying to all right, we, now we gotta put together a drive here. And it's third down, and they're trying to avoid going three and out. And Darius Slay is legitimately holding Justin Jefferson's left arm down by his side so he can't catch the third down pass. Yep. And the officials missed it. The broadcast team missed it. And there is three hours of football left after that, so there's plenty of other reasons. But it's like, okay, so now you're going you're gonna to kill that drive by missing that call egregiously. And now the Eagles get the ball back, and I think they just scored a touchdown on their very next drive. So yeah, that drove me nuts. Guys, both, what are you doing? Here? Both ways it stunk. I do I do yep. not need to see you looking for illegal man downfield, okay? If some dude runs some five, fat guy yeah, goes those. fifteen yards, <laughs> yeah, okay, five. cool. But when but literally there was one guy who might have gone three and a half yards and they're like right there to throw the flag on on the guy. And it's I, like, I, I get is that. it a call. point of emphasis or yeah. a point of clarification? It's I don't think it's either. I, I think the only point of clarification that they're doing this year is is the illegal contact, which is why Dantzler got pinched on what was a nothing call as well. I I understand why you can't have you know more than X amount of eligible receivers, but it, that's just the, the ineligible player down the field for me has always been like, do we really need this rule intact? Like if a fat guy passes the yes, line of scrimmage, you, like yes, you can't just send. Everyone down the field, right? But he's like two. But this but, guy was but like it two makes, yards. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense, dude. Like if he's throwing to a lineman, you can't do that. But if a fat yeah. guy accidentally shuffles a half yard past yeah. the line of scrimmage, oh nope, can't well, do you, that. But you, but That's you lame, need a dude. parameter. You you need a parameter right. of some kind. Okay, why in hockey? Okay, in hockey, why can't you just skate wherever you want? Just skate wherever you want. What's with well, offside? But That's the parameters stupid. should be just changed. Skate, no, skate wherever the you want. The parameters should be changed. Yes. That's what we're yes. saying. Yes. Adjust the rule. So, that's so what should Yahoo's, the rule be? Ten yards? I think five Maybe is I think fair. Five. I think five is fair. If a fat guy shuffles one yard past, that ruins the whole play. Like, imagine you you, yeah. you throw a nice deep ball down the sidelines, yeah, but some fat guard at one foot over the line that negates His the whole belly play. Was ha- that's hanging the, that's, too far. That's dumb, dude. You got it. That, that's that's pretty stupid. Penalty number sixty-eight. Fat belly was hanging over yeah. the uh-huh. eligible territory. Maybe these idiot offensive linemen should stop wandering from where they're supposed to stay where you're supposed Don't to be. Pick on fat people. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> stop. It's so uh, I'm, I'm in a glass house with that one. So, uh, well, you know, another thing that can make you feel a silver lining is even when the Vikings lose, you can win money That's from our right. friends at the Minnesota Lottery. That is correct. So, yeah, as Phil just said, the Vikings lose, and you're thinking, okay, my day is a waste. What am I going to do? How do I win? Well, guess what? The Vikings can help you win, too, with $10.2 million in total cash prizes. It's time to go big with the lottery's big-ticket scratch game. It's so big, guess what? It has second chance prizes too. The lottery, just say I'm in, must be 18 or older to go big. But again, look at that $10.2 million in prizes. What's going to make you feel good today? What's going to make you forget about Kirk Cousins' performance, about the Vikings? I'll tell you right now, big winnings in the lottery. Yep. And maybe some uh, some hardcore drugs and alcohol. But other than that, yeah, the lottery is. Uh, surly did, not hardcore. I mean, come on. <laughs> right there, Papa. Yes. Sure. Uh, to top it off, my septic alarm has been going off this morning. You so can't hear it. That's the one. Emergent. Well, it's downstairs. Get but the, I can definitely, get the landlord, definitely man. Gotta... sense something terrible is going to happen here today. Wow. 
The Vikings were so bad. The septic is uh, the the sewage has has leaked from Philadelphia to my septic tank. That's what's happening. That happens. All right, Daily Vikings Entertainment and Therapy. If you missed Ventline last night, it's available on demand. An hour and 40, 45 minutes of Vikings therapy for you. Please click subscribe on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and uh, we'll hit you guys back tomorrow for some Write That Down predictions. See you. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, My sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.